Hey, everybody. It's us. Yep. Your old friends. We're back. We are back after an <laughs> and incredible worse than ever. <laughs> One of the feedback we were getting of our low IQ podcast is we just were way too high IQ. So yep. um, I have I've taken the steps to just uh, really uneducate myself about any and all things related to the topic of this podcast, which is BYU and Utah football. I'm yep. here and I know nothing. So this will be a fun experiment. Yeah, we were getting, I mean, through our fan mail, we get pe- parcels and packages, dozens of letters a day. And the common theme was, you guys are too smart. You're just too smart, right? <laughs> so we decided, you know, yes. let's, let's let's cater to our fan base. Let's unplug for the summer. I took my usual, well, not, not a full summer because the jazz kept me on longer than I normally like. But I took a good two months off. I came back since media days back. But yeah, you and I, we have no idea what's going on in the college football world. Last we checked... Utah's picked to win the Mountain West. TCU is second. BYU is third. <laughs> so it should be a good season. I think I've heard, I have a very good authority that BYU is a lock for the Big East. Oh, yeah. Is it, is it uh, the dude of West Virginia? Is that your authority? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> well, that's it's good as gold then. Lock it up. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, uh, I miss you guys all. Anyone who's listening, um, but I, I don't really miss the whole Twitter experience, but I do miss the people. You know, you love the people and you hate the the experience. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right? It's, it's uh, I've, I've struggled. I've t- we've talked about it on this show, on this worldwide global show, that I struggle with Twitter in that regard. I've been trying to pare it down and whittle it down to make it work for me. I've got a pretty good system in place now. I, I rebranded, as you know, from the Mighty Alaskan Ute, which this is Jake. Salt Lake Jake, the Mighty Alaskan Ute. I'm one of your hosts, um, but but yeah. I uh, I rebranded from that to Salt Lake Jake, and then I unfollowed a lot of friends, including a cousin, a brother, um, a guy that was my mission companion. That I, I go on trips with him and his wife. We're like really close, but I'm trying to just only follow people that talk sports only. And like I said on Twitter, that's cool, man. If you want to talk politics. Uh, uh, if you want to solve world problems, that's awesome. I'm all for it, but it's just not what I'm looking at in my Twitter experience. So I only follow people who talk sports, and I've got a pretty good system in place because every now and then I'll see someone tweet, man, this drama is driving me crazy. I'm like, what drama? This is great. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good – this reminds me. So my criteria, a lot of people say, oh, yeah, who, are you team follow back? Do you follow back? And I think that's just the dumbest thing in the world because it's like a junior high thing. Like – I, I sometimes follow back, but here's what I do. I'll get a notification, so-and-so followed me. So I'll be like, oh, okay, I don't know this person. Let's go check him out. And I'll just, it, rather than like follower count, number size, whatever, none of that matters to me, I'll read the five most recent tweets and retweets. And I'll just, I'll no more than five, and I'll just say, do I want this? Do I want this in my life? And generally it's no. If it's straight retweets with no original content, I don't need that. I can read it other places. Yeah. Uh, if it's like anything negative, anything disparaging, anything. I mean, there's a lot of things that say, no, nah, they can follow me. That's great. But I'm not interested in adding this. And, you know, ultimately it doesn't matter because I removed myself from the equation eventually. But uh, but that is not permanent. I do plan on returning just in time for uh, for kickoff. You know, it'd be a good book for you to read. It's kind of about that. It's, it's Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. It talks about how people have the precise ability in a, like a 10 second span to make a determination and usually it's it's correct and he goes through all these experiences like a, a record label guy that will get thousands of, of records from you know aspiring artists he'll put it in listen to 10 seconds if he doesn't like it it's out 10 seconds it's out and so 
Anyway, along those lines, so you should read that book. It it, kind of speaks to that. But this is not a Malcolm Gladwell podcast, is it? I I don't know. It's been a long time. It might be. It could be, I guess. (laughs) I get a little confused. Yeah, uh, catch me up. I the only thing I have like really all summer basically since since the end of the NBA Finals, um, I read that uh, Fred Warner had a sweet contract. So uh, hey, congrats! That's awesome. Breaking news. Yeah, Fred Warner's got a big contract. Uh, we're happy for him. And that's good. the end of everything I know. I do not know anything about BYU or Utah football other than that. And literally, listen, folks. He's not even kidding, because I talked to him yesterday on the phone or on Marco, we Marco Polo, and I mentioned something, and he had no idea. So let's test your off-season <laughs> knowledge. Let's see where you are, okay? This, these yeah. are, what I'm about to ask you is legit going on right now. What do you know about conference realignment? So so I really, I, I didn't even Google it after we got, got off the, uh, the Marco because I was like, oh, that's fine. Um, but he said, yeah, do you hear this the crazy conference, conference thing or whatever? And it was the day the church said they're bringing back Saturday evening session after they'd announced no more Saturday evening session general conference. And I was like, yeah, cool. Like, you know, I thought I thought we were talking about general conference stuff. I'm like, all right, all right. Uh, but no, so according to what you said, um, Texas and Oklahoma have made the application officially to become members of the SEC. Uh, likely, the SEC, being the uh, astute businessmen that they are, will accept them because those are cash cows. Uh, so they're going to bring them in, and then that is probably going to be the first domino in you know just chaos as usual, as we know it from the past two decades. Yeah, in fact, more has actually happened since I spoke to you yesterday. Are you kidding hmm. me? Are you drinking a Dr. Pepper's cream soda zero? Yeah, is that our is that our sponsor? Oh, that! There we go. <laughs> hey, cheers. Dude, we're both that's how in lockstep we are. We are both drinking <laughs> Dr. Pepper cream soda zero, which by the way, in my opinion, is better than a regular Dr. Pepper. And I am a Dr. Pepper lover. You know I have been forever. But this drink is incredible. And he took a drink from it, and boom, here I got one right in front of me. Yeah, Cheers. That's awesome. What, what a podcast. For me, for me it's, a, it's a time of day thing. I like to wake up with a regular Dr. Pepper Zero, and then, you know, it's a little bit later. We're recording in the evening. It's time for some cream soda. Yeah, you kick it up a notch. Hey, that's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so that's one of our sponsors, Dr. Pepper Cream Soda Zero. Shout out for the cases they sent us in the contract. Uh, anyway, so, so more has happened. So they've officially... Okay. Uh, expressed they're going to withdraw from the Big 12 uh, and apply for the SEC. The SEC is going to vote, I think, in the next day or two whether to accept them. However, the Big 12 today sent a legal cease and desist letter to ESPN claiming ESPN was working behind the scenes with Texas, Oklahoma, and the AAC to break apart the Big 12. Uh, they said they contacted three to five teams from the from the AAC to try and or from the Big Twelve to try and lure them to the AAC so they could break apart the Big Twelve so Texas and Oklahoma wouldn't have to pay their eighty million dollar buyout, right? And so Don or um, uh, Bob Bowlesby, the commissioner of the Big Twelve, sent a letter to ESPN. Their partner said, "Cease and desist. You are against ethical business practices, and we're going to sue you." So, and they said, "We have impeach unimpeachable evidence." that shows ESPN was tampering with another conference to break apart the Big 12, their partner. So it's about to blow up and be some dramatic, you know, oh, legal man. thing. It's going to be crazy. Like, I don't think people really understand how serious that is, that that the Big 12 
is taking on ESPN, who's their partner, who was their partner, who was screwing them behind the back, and it's going to go crazy. I mean, at the end of the day, we all know how it's going to unfold. It's going to go through a legal process. Texas and Oklahoma are going to bounce. They're going to go to the SEC. But it's going to be a lot of drama along the way, man. This is crazy. It's I... I think we all have this uh, longing for what used to be, maybe especially among BYU fans. We long for those glory days. But this is, and maybe it's just the world being different now. It's too much drama playing out right before our eyes like a soap opera. And here's the thing. A lot of us are like, like you and I, I think, are are opposed to that. There is likely a lot of people that are just eating it up. And, and I was telling you, and we were going back and forth years ago, I would follow these these conference realignment rumors so closely that I felt like nobody was going to know before I knew. You know, I'm checking Twitter all day, all throughout the day, every day, following the right people, setting alerts for the right people. I was just, you know, living and breathing for this, and there's got to be so many people. I mean, you think about the size of those fan bases. I made this point a while back uh, discussing the Penn State fans, because there's this perception of, oh, Penn State fans are this. And then we say, well, among all fan bases, we have the 10 percenters. And I pointed out that 10% of the Penn State fans going by Facebook numbers is the same size as all of the Utah fans. So it's really easy to get a very negative perception of large fan bases. So imagine a large fan base like Texas, like Oklahoma, like all these other schools that are directly involved terrible for football but but good for business you know good for clicks imagine all the clicks people are getting out of this dude it's good selling they're selling a lot of media dude i was talking to to a couple of my friends about this i think personally i don't think even some of these fans of this big leagues really like this i don't think the alabama fans and even the texas fans sure they'd rather if this is what happens be in the club but i think this is ruining what makes college football different. What makes it special. You look at it. You the NFL, there's 30 teams. NBA, 30-plus teams, whatever. But in college football, literally every city in America has a team at some level that they can cheer for, right? And what makes it special is part of the history and the and the, the regional rivalries, right? You know, the, the even the, not just Oregon, Oregon State, USC, UCLA, like the direct rivalries, but like Oregon, Washington. Or, you know, Utah versus New Mexico in basketball was fun. It was. Like, <laughs> I, thought you were, I thought you were dissing BYU there by, by leaving out BYU. Yeah, Utah-New Mexico rival. But yeah, in basketball, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking like even, not even the direct rivalries, like Utah-BYU, obviously. But Utah-Wyoming yeah. in basketball was fun. Like, right. growing up, that was fun. Is you, 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 you work with and you live closer to all these schools so you have more incentive. Whereas, okay, let's say... They get Texas and Oklahoma, and let's say they don't stop there. They go after Ohio State and Michigan and, say, USC and Oregon. Then you have one giant coast-to-coast conference with, say, 30 teams. Like, that'll that'll alienate half of the fans in the country and ruin what makes it special. Sure, Oregon we be part of this super conference, but how fun is it going to be? Hey, we got the big Oregon-Florida traditional matchup this week. Yes, they're two big teams, but, dude, it's not – it's not the same. It's not what makes it what makes it fun. What made it fun was a whole nation of fans that had uh, had their team to cheer for. And someone on the Athletic wrote an awesome article about it. He said, "Listen, most fans in the country care more about their wacky trophies and beating their rivals than who wins the national championship." And they're taking that away. They're taking it away sure. and relegating football to be like an NFL, a junior NFL for a few select 15, 20 teams. And it sucks. It sucks. I you hit the nail on the head. You think about. 
the classic rivalries and who hates who. And here's the thing. It is possible you can have the Lakers and Celtics fans absolutely hating each other. That's possible, but that's because that's the function of that league. You can say West Coast versus East Coast, and we hate you guys and you hate us, and it's a different culture, different lifestyle. And you can have a natural and normal rivalry develop, but you're absolutely right. The uh, sounds like college football is trying to be something that it is not, that it never was. And if they do it, good for them. Good luck. Don't let the door hit your own way out. I think the the lower tier, the left behinds, will likely emerge as a more entertaining league. You know, I I, I don't know. This is I me knowing that I'm likely going to be an outsider looking in, but well, hey, saying let's be screw honest. you guys. I'm we're in the same boat, man. If the if the Big Ten comes for some of the Pac-12 teams, they're not coming for Utah. They're coming for USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, and maybe. Cal and Stanford. They're not coming for Utah, man. And, and here's so, the stupidest thing of all. I'll call it right now. Northwestern is going to is gonna just, like, sweet talk their way. They're, they're not going to get kicked out. I don't think anyone's going to get kicked out. There's going to be a few stupid schools that find themselves on the inside that just clearly don't belong. Like Vanderbilt and Rutgers, for crap's sake. Yeah. Those are yeah. SEC and Big Ten teams. They don't freaking deserve it. I mean, I don't know. It's uh, Hopefully it doesn't get to that. Hopefully common sense prevails and they say, hey, Let's let's I don't know. I just I don't know. I don't I don't like the idea of 15, 16 super teams. And we get it. I get that there's 16, 17 teams that have huge fan bases, have tons of money, and that's fine. But what I don't get of Texas and Oklahoma is why would they leave the Big 12 to go to the SEC? Right now, it's literally Texas and Oklahoma, whoever wins that league is likely in a playoff berth. And it's like those are the two teams that really matter there. Everyone else Texas Tech, TCU, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, you know, they're not anywhere on that level, right? So it's like, why, yeah. would, why would Oklahoma want to leave this? They're making tons of money as it is. They have deep pockets as it is. So they're going to go from an easy path in a P5 league to, to the playoff to, dude, there'll be times they'll finish third in their division, fourth in their division. Yeah. And, and for Texas right now, that'll be more, um, more often than not. Like, you're going to put them in the division with LSU, Alabama, Auburn, Oklahoma, and expect Texas to win that thing? They're not going to win it. But hey, it makes the, me it makes me wonder if they uh, somebody must know something about the money where the money's coming from you know if the tv ratings are going to be enough to to justify that or the sellout stadiums you know the fact that fan attendance has been down uh pre-covid likely is going to be even further down the, the further we get into this and eh, they maybe see it as the right move at the right time for them yeah well i mean the ones that are driving it that we especially found out tonight is espn it's the yeah. tv networks um, and, and the thing is, honestly, I, like I said, I don't think fans of teams, I, I think Texas and Oklahoma would prefer their fans. I think they'd prefer to stay in the big 12 and keep playing their rivalry games. But now, I mean, it doesn't benefit Texas fans in the least. Yes. They'll go to a bigger league with bigger schools, but what, I mean, what, what more do they need? You know, I mean, they, they, they have a path to the playoff. They have tons of money. It's not like, I don't know. I just don't get the reason behind it. Unless you, like you said, is the, is the money driving it, and is it that big where it's worth it? Because we know their budgets are already, like, literally $125, $130 million in revenue. Um, you know, they, they make a, they make cash hand over fist. What's another $20 million going to do in the in the scheme of things? I just think, personally, I think, honestly, it's killing the it's killing the golden goose. Like, like they, they, they think that they're getting bigger golden eggs or whatever the stupid metaphor I'm trying to work is here, but they're killing what makes it special, man. They're killing the pageantry. The rivalry, honestly, I honestly, if I could control it outside of saying, hey, let's have a playoff with every conference champ gets in, I say go back 30 years. 
Go back to the Southwest mm-hmm. Conference, the WAC, the the Pac-10, uh, where where you you have your rivalry with your conference, and then everyone plays a bowl at the end of the game that matters, or in the season that matters. Yeah. Now, now the bowls don't even matter. I don't know. It's just the, they're trying to make it better, and they just make it worse. I'm gonna channel Jafar. I think it was Jafar from whatever movie he's in, Aladdin. They said the golden rule: he who has the gold makes the rules. <laughs> <a> good accent. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, it's not. It's terrible. Yeah, um, here's I'm gonna have a moment of total honesty and vulnerability, and Utah fans can laugh at me all you want. I don't care. This is 100% my very first reaction when the news broke that Utah has been invited to the Pac-10, which would be called the Pac-12, and Colorado was the other team that was going to make it the 12th. My honest initial reaction was, but would they do that without BYU? And now here's the thing. Yeah, that sounds stupid to you guys that I would say, like, would they do that? Because I'm seeing it through the lens of a childhood fan and a teenager fan and just, you know, not really thinking of the huge picture, but thinking to me, the essence of sports and why sports matter has to do with the passion. The passion nowhere is greater than in that rivalry game. And it's something that meant a lot to me, probably way too much, you know, like really sports shouldn't matter that much, but watching the basketball games twice a year and then once in the tournament and then, um, you know, the football games every year, home and away, home and away, and just having the conference implications matter with the rivalry game. And so there were, when the stars aligned just right, everything was riding on that game for both teams and the passion was at its peak in moments like that. And so to hear Utah's been invited to the big leagues and, and no, BYU hasn't, I, I, there was a moment when I thought, but they wouldn't do that. And, and it's, it's super naive looking back, super naive to think they wouldn't. But gosh dang it, do it for the kids, you know? The kids, the passion, what that's the what kids? matters. Well, in, that's... in my naive, idealist point of view looking at that, Utah would have said, oh, we appreciate the consideration, but we could never leave BYU behind because the passion is there and that's what matters. Well, that's what used to matter. That's uh, doesn't matter anymore. It used yeah. to matter. L- I mean, look at look at all these historic leagues that have broken up. The Southwest Conference doesn't exist anymore. That was like Texas, TCU, like all these, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, SMU. Like that, it mattered in the seventies and eighties. That's when it mattered, man. The WAC no longer exists. Um, yeah. The Big East no longer. The Big East, man. That was like the most historic basketball conference ever. With freaking UConn and Georgetown and Syracuse, and it was blown up and it's gone because it doesn't matter anymore. I wish it did, but that's what I'm saying. That's what built the sport, but they didn't care. They didn't care that that's what built the sport. What they care about is the money, and so it's just morphing over time and uh, evolving to where it's just a super league, mini NFL, and that's what it's evolving to. It's it's killing off. I don't know. Maybe maybe President David Bednar when he's the prophet will. We'll pull the plug on BYU sports. And Utah will be a Mountain West member, averaging thirty-five thousand fans a game, watching Oregon versus Florida in the national championship playoff of the SEC. Yeah, you know? I don't know. Here's here's my reason for optimism and and hope among this. As a fan of BYU in the Independence era, I have learned for myself by my own experiment upon the word that it's not. It's, it's not what we think. It is the moments that define your fandom. And there have been amazing moments watching BYU not be in a conference but have some awesome games 
the passion for me has been there. And sure, playing Nebraska is not playing Utah for the conference championship with everything on the line. You know, you can't match that passion level. But winning against Nebraska on the road in a year they we thought they were really good and last second play, Hail Mary, I mean, that's an unforgettable moment. You know, really just dominating Wisconsin at their place, unforgettable moment, just an amazing game. So the it's still going to be fun. It's still going to be awesome. It's still going to be epic. It's going to evolve into whatever it evolves in. And then our last episode, I think, or not our last episode, but towards the end of last season, we really delved deep into the recruiting numbers, into the rankings historically, into how has it really been for BYU post-conference, you know, being in the independence era. And I pointed out, there's always going to be that athlete that says, yes, I could be second or third string at this amazing program, but I'd rather go be the starter at this one instead. Or, yes, I have a shot at being a walk-on for Alabama, but you know what? Instead, I'm going to go be a four-year starter at you know, some some lower tier, like somewhere in the AAC, you know? The, people are going to pick where they have a chance to shine, and that alone makes it so the talent, there's never going to be a monopoly on talent. You know, yes, it'll be uneven, it's going to be unfair, but it's going to still be entertaining because you take a bunch of people that say, all right, we got a chip on our shoulder, we got something to prove against the school that we did not choose, it's going to be entertaining. Well, I, I, I think it'll it'll be some growing pains and some rough patches, but it'll it'll still be there. I hope so because this is the last sport that I truly am super passionate about, man. I mean, growing up, it was Utah Jazz, Utah Utes basketball, Utah Utes football, Dallas Cowboys football, and the Atlanta Braves, and I was equally passionate about all five, dude. And then slowly, nice. went on my mission and came back, and Braves didn't care anymore. Cowboys didn't really care. Over the time, Utah Jazz, I still like them, but I'm not like die hard, live or die if they they win. It's it's college football, and I just I can see a path where that also that spark dies for me there, and I don't want it to because I freaking love it. I love it, man. It's I I have a text groups with friends. We're all off season. We're texting daily about Utah football. February 10th, we like texting about the uniform combinations. Like, dude, I can't lose this, but I might. <laughs> Anyway, that's a perfect segue into the football, man. We are around the corner. Camp starts next week. Give me two things you are looking forward to most this fall with BYU football. Oh man, you know, boy, I don't know. I can't. I can't. I can't name two things. Uh, the the thing I'm looking forward to is BYU football, and and what I mean that's not a cop out. What I mean by that is. I've very conscientiously taken a step back saying I truly loved watching BYU football as a child and I knew nothing about the team in between from week to week. I'd listen to Greg Rubel, I'd listen to the postgame show and I'd learn little bits and pieces here and there and then I'd have you know the little things they'd tell you on the TV and think oh that's neat but we're in an age of information overload and, and I've decided that all that information isn't really making me a better person. And so I've taken a step back and said, I'm going to be the BYU fan that I used to be as a child. And I'm just going to see the logo on the helmet and say, yeah, that feels right. That's awesome. No matter what, you know, they could be clobbered by some Pac-12 school. And I'd be like, ah, so what? That's my team. I love them. Um, or they could, you know, have, I, I'm just, I'm just going to be there for them, you know? And I'm excited to see how this goes. Not living from day to day, following every last little dramatic detail of the program, but saying, you know what? I'm going to show up. I'm going to watch to the extent possible. I'm going to watch every moment live. 
I'll probably watch some of the games a second or third time if they're epic. Um, but I'm, I'm taking a very uh, intentional step backwards. But um, I, I don't know. That, that sounds like I'm not looking forward to it. I am. I'm looking forward to appreciating, appreciating them through a new lens that's a lot more similar to, to what I loved as a child. So you're we'll see how the, that experiment goes. You're going for the nostalgia fan, the nostalgia of, of be, like you said, the, the logo on the helmet. And as you're talking, I remember those days, man. I remember driving to a game with my dad, and we'd be late because that's just what we would do. And we'd turn on Call 700, and I'd hear uh, Bill Marcroft saying, and Utah down to the 19-yard line. Check it, 21-yard line. And that, that's nostalgia <laughs> for me, bro. I can yeah. hear it in my voice, and it feels right. You're right. With Twitter, with, with Instagram, with the internet, it's like all these specific details almost kind of take some of the magic out of it, like you're saying. Recruiting numbers and going after this recruiter. We lost that guy, so I'm upset about it. And this guy transferred. But you're right. There's something nostalgic. But we don't cater to the 1985 Utah BYU fans. We cater to the 2021 BYU fans in our we podcast. We do. Yeah. We so, do. I'm, I mean, I'm going to bring no information, though. I'm going to. I'm not going to be helpful this season, as far as adding value, unless I have a source. If you're if you're a source that wants to get some information, please text me directly. You can message Jake; he'll give you my number. Text me directly, and nobody will know how I got this info. And uh, we'll see if I can add any value. But I will probably not bring a lot of value. I, I have a feeling you'll get, <laughs> you'll get sucked back in a bit. Yeah, I, mean, I might. You, 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 hey, good intentions, man, and I, I respect it and I appreciate it. But I have a feeling you'll, me, you'll be a little closer to it than you give yourself credit for. Let me, let me share my reasons because we've delved into churchy stuff in this program before. So if you hate the church, go ahead and you know go get a drink or something, tune out for about two minutes. But this is, this is where I'm coming from. The most recent general conference, we were instructed to immerse ourselves in the scripture and the language that stuck with me, immerse yourself in the scriptures. And so I started paying attention. Your phone will tell you how much time you spend on all the different apps. And I realized like, okay, I'm reading like 10 minutes a day of like scriptures and five hours and 17 minutes a day of Twitter. And I just, it was like as clear as day that I am immersing myself in something and here's why, here's why I love Twitter. I recognized I can read something on my phone for five hours in a day, in a day that I work for eight hours, in a day that I like spend time with my family, that I eat meals, I do all these things. I can still happen. I can squeeze that amount of time into every single day, which is mind blowing. And so I thought, all right, let's see if I can do that with the scriptures. And you know what? It's crazy. You can. And so it's like, I, I feel like I'm, that is my way of saying I'm going to obey and I'm going to follow and I'm going to do my own experiment upon the word. And uh, that's kind of what I've been up to instead of tweeting lately. And uh, we'll see if I, I'll either be translated or I'll come start uh, sinning with you all again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we're not really How's that for the... holier than thou? The holier than thou BYU fan. We're not really setting the table very good for this football podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not. I'm not. But, I'm terrible. Hey, I'm sorry. Listen, listen, listen. I have immersed myself in both, so I will. I will speak yeah. football for the both of us. Let's talk okay. about Utah football, okay? Let's yeah. Just talk hey, tell me the level. two things you're excited about. Two things I'm most excited about. Before I do that, I, I, it it demands the laws of the universe demand that we acknowledge and once again give a shout out to Mr. Ty Jordan. Uh, what an incredible athlete he was. He was spectacular in every regard. Uh, it's been eight months since uh, since he was unfortunately killed, and it still sucks every day. 
Um, every time I see a picture of him, I still I still feel that pain of waking up the day after Christmas, December 26th. I open my phone at 7.25 a.m. I had like 40 texts. I was like, oh, no, what's going on? And the first thing I see is Ty Jordan was shot and killed, and my mind was blown. I could not believe it. I was shocked. And uh, so shout out to Ty Jordan. The kid was spectacular, and I mean it. I still think to this day he would have been our best player of all time because every time he touched the ball, he was spectacular. So rest in peace, young man. Anyway, on to football. So the two things I'm most excited about, uh, one, in the history of Kyle Whittingham, and, and we've got a pretty sizable um, you know, portfolio or sizable, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sizable um, whatever. Resume. Resume. There we go. Sizable resume. He's been the head coach since 2005. In the history of Kyle Whittingham, he's had two really good senior quarterbacks in his entire time. That's one area where he struggles. You never struggle with running backs. He cranks out running backs. We never struggle with defense. We always have a good defense. But for some reason, we you know it's hit and miss with quarterbacks. And the two really good senior quarterbacks he's had in his existence, Brian Johnson in 2008 and Tyler Huntley in 2019, two senior quarterbacks. Uh, when he had those, our teams were spectacular. 2008, undefeated Sugar Bowl champions. 2019, one game away from being in the playoffs, ranked in the top 10 all season. Two spectacular teams. And if Charlie Brewer can be a third great senior quarterback, then I think we're going to have a great season. So that is what I want to see is what the quarterback position turns out. I know last year we came in saying, hey, look, between Cam Rising and Jake Bentley, who played in the SEC, blah, blah, blah. Jake Bentley had a lot of yards. Yes, he played a lot of games. But the difference between Jake Bentley and Charlie Brewer is Charlie Brewer won big at the highest level, whereas Jake Bentley just uh, compiled a bunch of stats. Charlie Brewer literally led his team to the Sugar Bowl as a starting quarterback and is thrown for over 10,000 yards. And I know a lot of people dispute whether yards is a good metric to decide if a quarterback, that's fine. You can you can argue over that. But the fact that he's thrown for 10,000 yards means he's completed a lot of passes. And, I mean, Utah's all-time leading quarterback in yards was Scott Mitchell, and he had 8,900 yards. This dude's thrown for 10,000 yards. He's led his team to the Sugar Bowl. So if he can recapture a little bit of the magic that he had that year, his junior year, then I think we're in for another spectacular year. So that's number one. That's what I want to see. Number one. Number two is I'm excited to see what the atmosphere is like with 6,000 extra fans in an enclosed end zone in the south end zone. They spent all off season tearing down an 80 and then adding it, you know, adding the um, expanded south end zone, $80 million. It's going to be swagged out. It's going to be incredible. I just can't wait to be in the stadium again. It's been two years since I've been in a stadium. Last year, we had five total games, nobody in the stands. I've missed that. I've missed being in a stadium with the energy, with the smells of the cowboy corn dogs or the popcorn, with the the breeze blowing, with just the energy and 50,000 fans roaring. That's the number two thing I'm looking forward to is just being there, man. So Charlie Brewer, can he be a, a special senior quarterback? And B, can uh, I, just being in the atmosphere. Those are the two things I'm looking forward to the most. That's awesome. I feel that. I uh, spent a little time at Lagoon Amusement Park in uh, about a month ago, and there was a moment standing in line for Samurai, which the line there kind of winds you back and forth and back and forth. And I was like halfway there, and I just I hated it. I'm never I'm not really a claustrophobic guy, um, but I was like there are too many people around me. But you know what? If we're all looking at a football field and yelling together, then that's great. Bring it on. I miss that feeling. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I hate I hate crowds too, dude. I hate going to lagoons. 
amusement parks. Yeah. I hate going to a super crowded beach, but something about a, a, a sporting event where everyone's got their assigned space, you know, and, 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 right. and something about that just feels different than giant crowds. I can't explain it, but I hate going to Costco's and all these stores where it's chaos. I hate, it. I hate traffic. But yeah. when I'm in a, when I'm in a stadium, something's different about it. Cause you have your assigned space and that's where you're supposed to be right there. Nobody can. That's your you know? space. Yeah. So I don't know. You I should move it. to Alaska. I did. <laughs> our Costco is awesome. I love our Costco. It's never crowded. It's Dude, so awesome. Well, as a former Alaskan myself, I, I will tell you, I love the space, open, wide open spaces. I've been talking to my wife about it, about maybe, I don't know, something. I don't know. About finding space again. Because, like, when I go up to Bear Lake, we just, we've got a place up there. And I go up there, just driving through Wyoming and wide open pasture land. And it's just, it's just, it's, it's freeing to my soul. My soul yeah. can breathe. I, I mean that. Um, and so, I don't know. I, I, I would love... The problem is, here's what shoots Alaska down for me. And, and you know this yourself. Yes, I know this. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother you, but it bo- I can't stand the cold, bro. I can't stand it. Oh, the older I thought you were going to say the distance from Rice-Eccles. Well, that too, but that can Which be is the deal breaker of those two? Yeah. Uh, the cold, seriously. I can't stand really? the cold. When I was a teenager and I lived there, I didn't mind, mind it in the least... But something as an adult, like, I'm just becoming a crotchety old man, bro. Like, yeah. when, when I walk outside in January at the parking lot and, and there's there's salt water on the parking lot that's flipping up on my pants and just, I just, I can't <laughs> stand the cold anymore. So that's the deal breaker. Yeah. Yeah. I, and here's the thing. I don't think anybody's like, yes, I love being cold. <laughs> you know, it's like our bodies are designed to not enjoy that, just like to not enjoy living in an oven. You know, there's a, there's a, we're supposed to thrive in a specific zone, but um, every year things get better and better in terms of gear. You know, you can keep yourself warm and comfortable. Um, you know, you get the right gear, you put on the right clothes and you're outside and there's maybe just like a little bit of skin around your eyes. And not even that is cold. You know why? Cause you're breathing and your breath goes up in your eyes and keeps it warm. So you don't feel cold when you're out, like it'll be 40 below and I'm out doing stuff and you don't feel cold. you just, you feel big. And I, heavy. Know, I know you said that to make it sound amazing, but it still sounds like it sucks. <laughs> you know, it does. Your eyes are not cold because you're breathing and it's like, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, I there was a time when I came back. I had visited Utah in the fall, and I came back to Alaska like mid October, and landed, get out of the airport, walked to my vehicle, and it was exactly twenty degrees, and it was it which is cold, but the feeling of this place becoming home, it felt like a loving embrace, like feeling the cold envelop me after being away for a couple weeks. I felt that and thought this is the feeling of home, uh-huh. and it was positive you know which is is weird because yeah like i don't say yes i'm cold this is awesome but hey flourish flourish where you're planted bro that's a good good way to handle it but see i can't imagine myself being planted there's the problem so like if i if i could move my dream i know we're getting way off track here but my dream we should be once (laughs) once my kid graduate my youngest son graduates high school in 13 years is to sell my home here in bountiful i have a lot up in bear lake and then build a cabin up there and then build a place like in St. George or somewhere warm and then alternate. Mm-hmm. So in this winters, I'm down in St. George summers up in Bear Lake. And yeah, that's my dream. But, but St. Saint, Saint George is it. getting, is getting too crowded now too, man. I, I need somewhere, maybe Cedar city. I don't know. You know, I, this last Utah trip, I was in St. George and I was in Logan. And so I, I pretty much covered the whole state 
And uh, man, it all sucks. I mean, I love you guys. I loved living there when I was there. But since I've left, the state has grown literally 20%. You've added a fifth again, of people that used to be there. And you see that. You see that on the roads. You see that at the gas station when you're standing in line. You see that everywhere. And it's just too much. And then the other thing that, I mean, it's just been a long time. I grew up there, but the feeling of I'm clean. I just got out of the shower. I want to walk up in the backyard for a couple minutes. And then you're just drenched in sweat instantly. And it's like, oh, now I'm stinky and dirty again. Um, but no, there's a lot of upsides to it. Here's what I here's a new experience I'd never experienced before. When I moved to Alaska, it was winter, and uh, every time we've traveled, it's been either wintertime or early spring, late fall. I'd never actually arrived in Alaska in the summertime after not having been there. And when you show up in Alaska right now, this time of year, the smell, it just it's it knocks your socks off. I mean, it just everything smells alive and it's this nice cool air that you can tell everything's blooming the trees and not in like an allergy inducing way but just a like this place is it's just thriving and it, it you can smell the air just smells like a really delicious smelling air like nature it smells like nature should be and in the desert sagebrush like i love the smell of the sagebrush in the mountains in utah but uh what it's lacking is just this lush leaf like forest everywhere. Oh hey, man, I, it's beautiful. Honestly, it's beautiful. I, I remember that. I remember that smell, man. I'm not kidding. I, I, I came down many times to visit during the summer and came back and it, yeah, it, I, I do remember the Alaskan smell. So when you're describing it, I could, I could feel it in my head, man. And it takes me back, but ugh, I can't do the winters again. Forget that. Anyway, we're not, this is give not me, a travel podcast. But, so give me you? two. I'll let you think about it, but give me two reasons Utah will absolutely destroy BYU, and one reason they're going to lose. Okay. Um, I mean, two. I can give you more than two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll give you two. All right, just, just spit gonna, them out. Roll I was going to say, say just because we're so in your head that it's like it's just a given. Until BYU wins, I can never pick against Utah. But that's not going to be the one mm-hmm. I can choose. Kay. One, honestly, I, I looking at returning production – BYU is dead last in the country. 128 out of 128 teams in returning production. In college football, that metric is gigantic. It is huge. It's almost everything. So you're losing, you're losing your your NFL number two draft pick. You're losing five starters from your defense. You're losing three starters from your offensive line. You're just even if you guys that are coming in, there is a growing pain with with um with experience like it just happens i mean you look at the tyler huntley zach moss team they were incredible their senior year but you know what their sophomore year they were six and six and they went to you know they were to a bowl game against west virginia in the heart of dallas bowl and it was a so-so year this is our best running back of all time this is one of our top five quarterbacks of all time and as a sophomore they were still the same players but they just weren't experienced so that's rule reason number one is is i know what it's like I've been there where it's like, oh, we won't, we we re, we'll reload. We just we we lost a lot of guys, but these we got this guy, we got this guy, this guy, and yes, you may have that talent, but experience is so important. And you're literally dead last in the country. Literally, there's not a team below you in returning production. So that's rule. That's reason number one. 
is just because you may have great talent. Jacob Conover may be a great quarterback. Jared Hall may be talented. Tyler Algier, he doesn't count. I mean, he has he has experience. I'm not I'm not pointing to him as no experience. But like some of your other guys, they just don't have the experience, right? So so that's rule number one. I think Utah's got more experience coming back. We have everybody back that matters except, as I said, the the great Ty Jordan. Um, so that's reason number one. Reason number two is. Uh, you lost your big hog in the middle, Ty, uh, Kyrie's Tonga. You lost a couple DBs, Chris Wilcox and Troy Warner. And Utah has a lot of offensive experience coming back. Every single offensive lineman that started is back. Uh, every single um, – the, the, re- the receivers that matter, Britton Covey, he's back. Brant Keithy, tight end, he's back. Um you have transfer running backs that, yes, it's not Ty Jordan, and but you have good running backs. TJ Pledger was a transfer from uh, Oklahoma. Chris Curry, a transfer from LSU. We've got good players, and like I said, we got a good quarterback, hopefully. It, it, the floor, at least, with Charlie Brewer is he's a good quarterback. The ceiling is he's going to be freaking amazing. So somewhere in between there, I just think this team is ready to roll this year. But most importantly, you've got Whit back, you've got Andy Loder back, you've got Scally back, you've got everybody back that matters, and so I just think we're gonna be we're gonna be a good team, and I think BYU uh, won't be as good as they were last year, and that's why we win. Okay, all right, and now you got to come up with a hard one. Why will we lose to BYU? Yeah, um, I mean it's got to happen sometime, right? Nothing lasts forever, you know. It's been eleven <laughs> years. Well, it's been, it'll be 12 years on the calendar, 12 calendar years this fall. Um, nine games with 12 calendar years. and So it's, it's got to happen at some time. And, and you, you have good receivers transferring in. I mean, they haven't. I mean, Puka hasn't put up numbers yet, but he's got potential to be awesome. Puka Nakua, Samson was solid at Utah. He wasn't spectacular, but, you know, in Utah's offense, rarely are receivers spectacular. But he has experience. He's going to be a senior that's played a lot of P5 games and a lot of big P5 games. He got a big touchdown against Oregon to get us within a, a score in the Pac-12 title game in the fourth quarter. Um, so you got good receivers. you got good talent. Um, maybe one of your quarterbacks just lightning in a bottle. It can happen. I mean, even in, you look at your history, Max Hall, uh, he's came in on the, his sophomore year. He exploded on the scene right out, right out of the gate. So if you have... Let's say Conover wins. I don't know. I'm just picking one of you guys. I don't. I have no idea. Obviously, who's going to win? But let's say he wins a job and he's spectacular, and uh, you you could surprise us and and be a lot better than I'm anticipating and beat us. That's all I. I, I remember from back in my Twitter days that Jaron Hall is officially named the starter, but Phil Steele is high on Conover. He thinks Conover's really going to be the guy this year, um, and and I could see that happening. Jaron Hall. Everything we saw of him when he played, I have no complaints whatsoever other than his propensity to get a concussion. And it just worries me as a human that loves other humans. It's like, ah, maybe step away from football. But I said that about Taysom and look at him now. So I, when I say step away from football, maybe don't listen to me because what do I know? <laughs> yeah, so, you could go on the NFL if you, if you don't yeah, step away. Maybe, maybe Jaron Hall's about to Taysom Hill it up in, in, at this level. Um, that's awesome. I here's a point of clarification that I want to know, and maybe you can research this for me. The way I see BYU football in terms of returning production is, yes, they lost a lot of guys to the NFL, and they lost a lot of guys who just said, "All right, I'm done with football. I've been doing this for a long time, and and that was a great year, and I'm I'm moving on." But they had a full season of games where a lot of other teams did not, and they had a ton. of of garbage time 
where a lot of other teams did not. And so me looking at it just logically and not analytically staring at numbers, logically I'm saying, okay, you take BYU's what was it, 12 or 13 games by the end, and you say uh, uh, probably the equivalent of four total games were garbage time when you play your you know second and third and fourth string. To me, the four games of garbage time equals Utah's five games of whatever you want to call that season, you know? Well, I mean, if you look at it that way, I mean, does the four games of garbage time against other fourth string players really prepare them for a full game against P5 starters, you know? Yeah, they play this... they were they're playing against the fourth string of Texas San Antonio, but and and I, I don't know, I, I, the way Phil, the way they they calculate returning production, it's like the production is not minutes on the field, it's like, you know, yards they accumulated, touchdowns they caught, um, ways right. they impact okay. the game. So you've lost the production, not like the actual minutes on the field. Not right? the minutes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But <laughs> at the same time, if we're na- if we're taking that as a percentage, and not as a like a total cumulative number, I mean, that's going to make sense when you have this NFL like Zach Wilson alone. I mean, he's like ninety nine percent of just losing him. You've lost ninety nine percent of the production, right? I mean, because his numbers were just unbelievable, and everyone Dax Milne's got you know just taking those few guys that did percentage wise such a heavy uh, a bulk of the load, then everyone who's left behind is going to by default be a very small percentage, even if that was a high number. Well, you know? I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess you could look at it that way, or like. I mean, if, if they're going by percentage of production, so that means the four games worth of production that these people had, they didn't do anything in those four games, you know? I mean, wouldn't they... I, well, cag- wouldn't I'm that just be throwing out... To the stats? Ca- I'm, I'm trying to give uh, BYU fans a bone, a, a, a ray of hope that, that that metric might not be as daunting as it would appear, you know, when you look at how it happened and how this unfolded and why it's the way it is. I still say, you know... The fact that they were able to put together the season they did last year where a lot of other teams weren't, uh, maybe it's a little closer than the numbers would suggest. But uh, again, this is my very low IQ, go BYU, stare at the logo and feel good kind of approach to the game. No, hey man, we know as fans we look for every silver lining possible. You know, if that, we do. If that's something that can give you hope, hey man, hang, hang to that. But I just know Some- historically you look at teams that have turned over a lot there's a reason they put a huge weight on that because historically yeah. teams that turn over a lot, even when they recruit well, still have growing pains. And I for mean, sure, I don't know. So I think it's something, be- something Wit said last year has stuck with me. Maybe you, maybe you know what I'm, is there anything he said at any press conference that made you think that's weird. He's never sounded like that before. Nice leather pants. <laughs> No, about? I was not worried. That's that's the wit you guys need. The hungry wit. The uh, you know, hey, pants, you know, he's like the yeah. biker version of wit. He's like in a bar picking up on loose women. Uh he's not. He's a great guy. I love the man. I've heard people have met him in the temple before, so he's not in bars beating loose women. Um however, the press conference after a, a discouraging loss, uh I want to say it was near the end of last year. He just they they said something like what are you gonna do next or what are you and he just said I'm gonna go see my grandkids and the way it came across to me and I'm probably reading way too much into it was he's getting old he's oh. uh he's he's maybe uh not as hungry as he once was maybe the uh what the motivation to uh 
to really stick it to the BYU fans who wronged his wife all those years ago might not be quite as powerful as it was when it was fresh in his young mind, you know? Well, you and know, I, I, who's to say what goes on in the, in the head of wit, but it's a possibility. I'm throwing it out there. No, I mean, Hey, we all, we all mature as we get older, right? I mean, that's just natural. And I guarantee he's, he's, he's a lot more mature in regards than he was 15 years ago. That's just natural, whatever. But when he said that, I don't recall him saying that, but it doesn't surprise me. And I know that he's mentioned previously that probably he's close to uh, ending and being retired. In fact, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he looked at this year's roster, looked at what he had coming back, and went all in on this year. And that's another reason I'm I'm up on this year. Because you look at what we did with the transfer portal. Like after last season... And, and I don't want to rip on any quarterback ever, so I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to. But bless his heart, our starting quarterback, I have never seen a worse Division One quarterback play in my life than the way he played. He just was terrible, right? So Witt looked at that last year and said, holy crap, our quarterback situation sucks. And so what do we have different this year? We got a fifth, a senior transfer from Baylor. We signed a four-star stud high school player and got a four-star transfer from Texas, Jaquindon Jackson. Three studs that weren't on the roster last year, okay? So he hit the quarterback p- position hard. We got running back transfers from Cincinnati, uh, LSU, and Oklahoma. We got wide receiver transfers from Oklahoma and USC. We got a safety transfer from Washington. We got a linebacker transfer from Washington. So it's almost like he said, okay, this is what I got coming back. I've got all my players coming back. Um, and he went all in, right? And so I feel like we're going to be a really good team. Um, and that's a good cliffhanger to end on. We are going to end there... How many of those quarterbacks spent time with John Beck this summer? That's the difference maker. That's the only them. thing that matters. They all, all did. They all drove Crap. 14 hours, not just 10. Ouch, 14. So, yeah, we're going to be good. At they are a little farther away. Yeah, they're yeah. a little bit further north. So, yeah. that team up north. That traffic this has on been I-15 is just tough. North and goal. I got to run, and I, I need to apologize. You guys aren't sinners. I love you. I miss you. I was being facetious, and I realized those of you who are reading the printed version will not be able to infer <laughs> the tone of my voice and know that that was, that was 100% in jest. I was making fun of myself for how I sounded all like, look at me, look at everything I'm doing. Uh, I love and miss you guys, and uh, look forward to another episode some other time. And, uh, yeah, say say hi to your mother for me. And by some other time, like soon, because football season's here, so we're back, baby. It's cr- and, crazy how and fast the summer is despite, going. Despite his protests, he'll be all in on this, this podcast. But that's it. I am Salt Lake Jake. Go Utes. My name is Benji. I'm a Laskuton. I didn't say that. But, but go Cougs. <laughs>